One, two, <laughs> three. Never, never right. Welcome to Spartak News Talk, your plucky working class source for the news you need and the takes you trust, cuz if you want to speak to a manager, you're looking at them, go right ahead. Uh, this is Spartak Jacques, casting from the best little Mexican hamlet north of Windsor, Ontario, southwest Detroit, Mexican town. Sitting next to me at the bar is my technical director, my co-producer and co-host, Hakeem Walker. Hakeem, we're, we're sticking with this layout today, uh, and we're doing an interview. So how do you think it's going to go? It's gonna go smashing. It's gonna go smashingly. Yeah. People don't say smashingly enough, but I agree. I do. I'm fun with it. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a good. Yeah. Uh, it's a good adjective. Um, <clears throat> yeah. See, I, I believe that it will streamline things, but uh, we'll see what weirdness we'll run into with it. Hopefully, none. Knock on wood. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, because we largely do this for our own edification. I always forget to tell people to like and subscribe, uh, but we do have our Twitter handle, Detroit Spar, in the corner each week. Follow us there, and hey, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Uh, you will never find a more accessible, grassroots, working class news source, and just a couple of clips, clicks will help us out a lot. We've been doing just clip shows and cocktails, uh, cocktail construction videos the last few weeks, so there's a lot to catch up on. Today is Tuesday, May 18th, and today in the news, the Pentagon has admitted that a leaked video of, UFO, of a UFO over the Pacific Ocean near San Diego in 2019 is authentic and taken by Navy personnel. It shows a spherical object floating over the water and zipping back and forth before observing, um, submerging out of sight. Did you see that video? I did see that video. Freaky, right? Yeah. Um, the CDC announced last Thursday that the vaccinate, that vaccinated individuals can, can be maskless in most settings, given that Detroit, uh, that in Detroit, the vaccination rate is only 30% about. Most local businesses that I'm aware of are keeping their previous policy of masking of masks on while standing and indoors. And in my opinion, uh, they all should, uh, and, but 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 thanks to the CDC, in any case, for making our jobs harder. Uh, <laughs> Akeem, we're both currently setting up uh, post-apocalyptic bars, uh, so so I wanted to get your opinion. What do you what do you think about this? I, I know from personal experiences that it's going to be very difficult to tell people that either they can or can't wear a mask. We have people uh, at a bar recently that I'm setting up for. Be like, you know, it's you know, you don't have to wear a mask because we made the conscious decision to wear a mask, and it's like, yes, we know that, but we're actually, and people are already starting to push back on the idea. They want to push back, so they're they're taking this as a call to force for yeah them. And I'm sorry, most of the people that are pressing the issues that or the issue that like the CDC and using this information, most of those people are not vaccinated. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I get like, it. No, yeah. but like most of the people that are vaccinated are just like, I'll still wear a mask, anything to get this over right. with, you know. So yeah, but yeah. it's definitely one of those things where it's like the people, it's it's giving just a a loaded gun to people who want to to use it to to fuck with. 
you know, your your working class, you know, your baristas and your Walmart employees and whoever else. Now it's like, oh yeah, now, you know, no matter what the business um, says, you know, the employees are going to take the brunt of it. You know, the, the, uh, the, they're the frontline people for this. Yeah, and know. they uh, kind of, yeah, they, they, they kind of, like they've done every other time before, they just kind of put the burden to navigate it and uh, regulate it and everything onto us. So uh, here we go again. Um, but anyway, uh, President Biden announced yesterday that 20 million additional vaccines will be going uh, to needy nations abroad, bringing the total to 80 million. The initial 60 were mainly AstraZeneca, while the additional batches uh, will be Moderna, Pfizer, and Johnson & Johnson. The House just passed a bill designed to curb hate crimes against Asian Americans after the Senate voted overwhelmingly in favor of it. It's now heading to President Biden's desk where he's expected to sign it. And the Supreme Court will soon hear a Mississippi abortion case, which could challenge or even in um, overturn Roe v. Wade. This with a more conservative court than we've probably seen since Never. the passing of Roe. I mean, yeah. certainly at least till then. Um, we will we'll be sure to keep a close eye on that story in particular here at Spar Talk. Uh, Israeli jets are pounding Gaza this week with airstrikes. The Hamas-run Ministry of Health reported 213 dead, including 61 children with uh, 1,400 injured. More than 2,500 Palestinians are without homes and 38 thousand are internally displaced. This is in response to a week of militant rocket fire into Israel. Uh, we were going to have a panel episode on anti-Semitism, uh, which we are still um, we are still looking to do, but it takes a very on a very different dimension here because while anti-Zionism is often conflated with anti-Semitism, and while uh, there are specific instances where I do believe that dynamic exists. Zionism itself is increasingly associated with the defense of racist, discriminatory, law, discriminatory laws against Palestinians and what is essentially an apartheid state. There are 65 Israeli laws that act, actively discriminate against Palestinians in Israel and occupied territories. Gaza has been described as an open-air prison and mass evictions of Palestinian communities on the pretext of archaeological or public value are viewed more and more as a systematic ethnic cleansing of the nation. But we'll talk about that another time uh, more in depth. Um, the only other thing I have, Keem, is uh, Charles Grodin, uh, a virtuoso of comedic acting and the confrontational late-night interview format, is dead at 86. It's, uh, you know, Beethoven actor. Beethoven actor. Big, what, big loss. That's what I know him from, mostly, to be honest with you. Yeah, well, you, I'm going to show you. game on, uh, I know the name, I know some I, of his other work, you know, but. Uh, I'm going to show you some Carson interviews sometime. Yeah, that are really, down for that. And Letterman ones. They're yeah. very good. 
Our guest today was a great panelist for our season two premiere, where we had a Trump voter and a Biden voter, and we wanted a third party voter to round it out. So we were very happy to have a libertarian co a congressional candidate for Michigan's ninth district and Joe Jorgensen voter, our returning champion, Mike Saliba. Mike, how you been? Okay, doing okay. Good. Uh, this is my uh, co-host and co-producer, Hakeem. Uh, Hakeem, Mike Saliba. Thank you. How you doing? Nice to meet you. Uh, we wanted to have you back um, for some uh, follow-up takes on the election. We did uh, the same with Andrew, um, who made it clear that he didn't accept the declared results uh, of the election. And uh, this was somewhat before the events of January 6th. But I wanted to ask you what your assessment was on the fidelity of the election and to see if you're surprised by Andrew's assert assertion that it was rigged. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it was rigged. Um, I don't think it went any differently than any other election. I don't understand why anybody would expect a different result in the first place, because uh, considering Trump only won with the skin of his teeth, incumbents usually lose votes by the second round. He, everything pointed to he, he didn't make good on almost any of his promises. Why would that person get elected? Like. Uh, yes, I do believe a man who was capable of bankrupting a casino and an airline could lose to a guy hid in a basement. <laughs> Where were you? Are you surprised, Andrew? First off, have you have you met any Trump supporters that? I mean, maybe that's the first question, but that uh, accept the, the declared results? Because I feel like most of mine are, are think it was fishy or some or something was going on, even though there's no evidence. I'd probably say I don't know. Most fall into the hard line. It was a steal, but I think the majority have suspicions, or at least mention it. Right. So you're not gonna, you're not surprised about Andrew. No, I guess not. When you put it like that, no. I also asked you uh, d during the episode if you were worried that there was gonna be a coup, and you said well, you were a little bit, but not a lot. And there kind of wasn't one, but it certainly could have shaked out differently. I mean, there kind of was at the same time. Um, so uh, were you surprised by any of the fallout of the election? If so, what what, what most by? I guess, I guess I was a little bit uh, startled when the images from the Capitol started coming in on January 6th. But at the same time once, you know, I was like, at work, it was in my office, but you know, once somebody like texted me about it or messaged me about it, once I turned on the TV and once I saw you know the speech that he had given, I'm like, well, yeah, one plus one does equal two. That was how that was going to go down. Right. So uh, yeah, let, let's talk a little bit about our ideologies. Um, I'm sure we agree a lot on what's wrong with the Republican Party and conservatism today. Um, and when I talk about when I talked in the in the last time about how the Libertarian Party has just nominated like Republicans these days, you seem sympathetic. Um, and and perhaps Joe Jorgensen is the exception. I haven't looked into her too much, but. Uh, you also said that you thought that the, the left was done with liberalism or enlightenment yeah. values. So could you go on, um, into a little more detail on that? 
Yeah, I, I just remember um, when uh, my political uh, science professor said, you know, the United States is kind of weird because our two major parties are both liberal parties. And it's never the way we use the term here. We have liberal and conservative. And it's just going back to the classical liberalism of the founding, going back further to England and a little bit of France. Uh, the Enlightenment gave birth to liberalism. And depending on what point in time you were, you could, if, I'm, if you take me back to 1776, you call me a liberal. If you take me back to 1913, I'm a conservative, and the thing that I'm trying to conserve is classical liberalism. Well, the old world uh, uses libertarian differently as well. They're, they're a set Yeah, and that's not, yeah. that bums me out too. Does uh, it, really? <laughs> yeah. You don't uh, find any solidarity yeah. with those anarchists? <laughs> uh, I call them just European. Uh, okay. Libertarians or <laughs> libertarians, or they call themselves libertarian socialists at some point. They have a caucus in our party that's kind of dwindling, but it's kind of like if, uh, you know, Lionel Messi showed up to the NFL offices and told me we were playing football wrong. Like, no, it's just what we call football, not what you call football. It's the same name, but it's a different sport. See, um, but I like I would always I would say that I was like when I when I when I in college or whatever, maybe identified or, or with a libertarianism uh, like I would I would say even then I consider myself left libertarian that I wasn't like very um, passionate about. Uh, economic issues, but th th I did feel like there, among you know, libertarian groups, maybe maybe and, and socialist groups. Honestly, there was more of a um, a moral panic and a more more, more of a um, immediacy when it came to the drug war. Uh, the middle wars in the Middle East, and I didn't see that as much with uh, you know regular liberals. And when I talked to you, I, if I had to guess where you were on the Nolan chart, I would I would I would have guessed just you know just left libertarian, but just left of that line. Would I be right? I'd say uh, pretty well down the middle. Okay, uh, but straight up. Not quite at the tippy top. Got it. Got it. I see. I like. Like I said, I never really had um, much. Um, you know, like I like I. I never. I, the thing that I can't like that I always found agreement with uh, libertarians on economically is the income tax, and I do think that I, I still th and and guns. I mean, I'm not particularly like. Um, you know, uh, I'm not particularly pro gun control, but. Uh, again, I, I think uh, looking at it now, it's mainly like if the if these cops have these guns, I don't I don't want you taking the guns from us. You know, I want I want there to be a um, a, a symmetry there, and, uh, and and I don't know. Like uh, since then, I, I think and even income tax, I'm I I think I'm mainly. I don't really care about un unearned income, for instance. I, be I believe that people that are um, are capitalizing off their labor are entitled to every cent that you know that they get out of that, and they shouldn't be taxed that. I think that's you know uh, dime stores, you know, kind of you know slavey sort of thing. But like, 
if you're if you're looking at if you're capitalizing off of land or the the means of production in general, I and and I'm a libertarian socialist is what I would say, but I am today. But like or or Georgist or whatever, I believe that we have a uh, have uh, we're entitled to our natural resources equal. But I don't see where. I don't see where the libertarians factor that in. So, like the the people that buy this land that we're all do we're all uh, deserve some of, they can just run uh, run roughshod over their workers, whatever you know. So that's 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 how my I just wanted to give you an idea of my evolution from libertarianism. I don't know if yeah. you have a a retort or whatever, a pitch to bring me back to the fold. <laughs> I mean, no, everything you said, you know, makes sense. I uh, don't think maybe uh, just the notion. I, I, I get this uh, from most leftists all the time that. For some reason, the person who owns the factory is just this guy on the beach who the money just pours into his pockets and such. Uh, I, I don't know, the, the division of labor arguments that uh, leftist tends to make seem to be pretty stuck in the industrial age from whence they came and uh, really doesn't take into account um, you know, the other factors that go into uh, organizing. Uh... Oh, I get that dynamic. It's, yeah, you know, the, the, there, I, I mean, I, I work in the restaurant industry. I mean, I, I work in bars. I know I work closely with the people that own, you know, own the land that I work on and, you know, I, and work work it all the time too. I'm, I'm, I don't begrudge them that, but I just, I, I personally think that I, you know, as a laborer, as the proletariat, I'm I'm entitled to some, you know, some. You know, as a U.S. citizen, I'm entitled to some of the land, the natural resources, everything that, like, you know, uh, is not is not evenly distributable. So I'm. Uh, I, I think that could easily be paid to me in the form of health care, in the form of you know. Uh, housing if I, I lose my home or whatever. Uh, and, and yeah, I don't think that my, me just like laboring should be taxed. And that's where I do think we'd probably come together. But, uh, yeah, but, but like just especially lately, I think that the biggest, you know, uh, challenges that we faced, I mean, even in a, a libertarian school of thought, I've, I've been shoulder to shoulder with, um, democratic socialists much more than I have, with libertarians, and I and I feel like they've uh, let corporate entities just kind of, uh, you know, they they become shills for them. Or, or many many public figures, and like I said, a lot of Republican uh, uh, nominees. So I, I explain to me why why you've stuck stuck in there with a party, passed a Bill Barr, for instance, pass a or or. A, a Bob Bar, Bob Bar is what I meant to say, right? Why have you stuck in there with them, even when they've, you know, been kind? I joined of... a separatist party during Bar's. Uh, what was the separatist party? It was called the Boston Tea Party of America. Okay. And it was what had previously been the platform of the Libertarian Party uh, prior to 2006. Started over again as its own new party, and ran our own separate. Uh, presidential candidate 
And then after Bob Barr was done and the mainstream tea party happened, A, it kind of soiled the brand for me. And then it just, a lot of what uh, got uh, removed from the platform slowly but surely got added back uh, after the next few. Uh, we have a national convention every two years in which we add or subtract planks to our platform. So it didn't take much longer to sort of restore that which had been uh, destroyed. But you're you're not uh, particularly now that there's a runoff that that MAGA essentially has taken over the 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 Republican Party and there's a runoff of of more mid, perhaps libertarian minded. I mean, uh, what's her name? Liz Cheney may be accepted. She's certainly a neocon. Uh, but do you? Uh, do you think that, it, but maybe some of the Lincoln Project, uh, like, yeah. do you do you worry that that they're that the the Libertarian Party is going to absorb them and that they're going to be essentially a, a Republican Party light again? You know, no, I don't think that will uh, necessarily happen, especially when you talk to those uh, sort of disenfranchised Republicans, which is actually how the Libertarian Party. Uh, ended up starting out it, at the very first convention. They took a straw poll of all those who attended. 75% of them polled as being former uh, Republicans, and 25% of them polled as being formerly um, unaligned. Uh, but it wasn't to be light, it was to be sort of anti Nixon. Uh, the name we almost came up with was the Old Liberty Party, which was a shout back out to the Liberty Party that existed in the 1800s, one of the three abolitionist parties that merged together to form the Republican Party. And that would have been symbolic of that aspect of the Republican Party that had previously merged uh, to form it, leaving again and becoming its own thing. Yeah, you'd probably uh, have to deal with, if, if you guys had gone with that, not you, I mean, but like, uh, you'd probably have to deal with less of us uh, socialists and, you know, Chomsky-like yeah. people, <laughs> ultimately. In uh, in Brazil, we're called ultra-liberals. Really? <laughs> Interesting, ultra liberals. Well, I know that the, the, there's a there's big land uh, disputes in in um, in Brazil as well in terms of those who work land. Uh, but that's that's you know I, I think if anything uh, I, not liberalized me but like leftized me or whatever socialized me is was it was probably my Georgism. It was like well it doesn't make sense either that you know that Nestle can buy all of Detroit's water for nothing, you know? Like, the natural resources is just like, well, I we do have a right to this. Yeah, if we were starting from nothing, the uh, single tax uh, that George proposed would be certainly a much more eloquent uh, solution to how you raise funds for um, government. And there is geo-libertarianism, geo for George, but geo for Earth, yeah. libertarianism, which, all right, that's how you fund a government, but make it a limited, small government. Um, yeah, that all makes sense. I mean, a country is just a big pile of land. So if you're part of that country, the land belongs there. I'm more sympathetic to Georgism than probably I make it sound, but there wouldn't be, once, yeah, the factory owner's paying tax on the uh, unimproved value of the land, which uh, Rothbard went into huge detail why that's so hard to uh, keep track of. Um, 
I'm not particularly well versed on it, but I've glanced at it enough. Yeah. Uh, well, the Zapatistas too. Uh, Zapata, yeah. Zapata, like the 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 phrase that he introduced was land and liberty. Uh, yeah. And it, it, you know, like that's it, they're considered ultra leftist in in Mexico. So I mean, th- I do think that there are lines and alliances to be to be drawn with with everything, but like it's. It's just the the corporate influence right now is just too insidious, and so it's hard to trust anybody, you know, yeah. politically, you know, on the on the right right now, and 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 liberals, you know, Democratic Party for sure, but like I mean, it, leftists are at least crowdfunding, so I don't know. Well, of the you know welfare dollars that the federal government shells out. For every uh, one that goes to social welfare, ten goes to corporate welfare. So, so you don't necessarily see big corporations dumping yeah, a ton of money. We can get together on that for sure. Because yeah, that goes away too. They don't. They're not necessarily, uh, you know, a, a libertarian party. You know, with the White House and let's say 34 percent of the House of the Congress, really doesn't mean anything terrific for the bigger multinational corporations that are allowed to create their own um, regulations to basically stifle their own competition. Deregulation for somebody, uh, you know, like a bigger company is bad. Uh, The removal of the welfare state for a big company like Walmart is bad. Uh, You know, they depend on those things every bit as much. And you're gonna definitely see Amazon and Walmart and Monsanto give a lot more to the Democrats than they do to the Libertarian Party by a factor of 10 or 100. I have no idea. But as bad as it is for a corporation like Walmart to, uh, to you know, slash welfare programs, slash Medicare, whatnot, whatnot it's, it's a lot worse for a large swath of the population that depends on those programs. And, um, you know, at least in terms of um, Medicare and Social Security, largely popular programs. So it's I agree that it's more of a they they spend a lot more towards uh, corporate welfare, but it's because it's because they're a larger it doesn't it doesn't cost anything to give basic subsistence to people or I mean compared to the national budget. I just something I I can't remember what you just asked, but. Uh, I think just about the division that's happening in uh, the GOP, just going back to what I said at the very beginning, you know, about my old college professor saying that we had two liberal parties. I think uh, the way you see the next few years shape out, uh, we'll we'll either just have none or we'll have one. And the one will actually be the Republican party at this point. I don't think uh, president Harris is making it past uh, 2024. And I think that's going to be the last bit of sort of the old guard of the Democratic Party. I think they're going to go towards a more hardline leftism, not liberalism. And then whatever happens, if Trump's the nominee and they re, the uh, GOP re-embraces Trumpism, then it's just gone from there, too. And what Trump did was he came in and, you know, he was anti-establishment, but Stalin could have been the president. He would have been anti-establishment. That just means he wasn't what was already there. And what was already going on in the GOP was 
the last of the Tea Party versus the last of the neocons and who was going to be able to hold their breath the longest and uh, continue on. Uh, Trump pretty much killed the Tea Party, but he also shooed away all the neocons. Um, he was neither. Uh, although I think it really, whatever positive things you could say about the bulk of what had been the Tea Party, you know, it just turned out they weren't really about principles of any sort. They were just looking for the craziest guy in the room and they found a reality show host. Um, but I think the neocon thing just isn't coming back. Um, and they can either continue to embrace Trumpism, in which case they'll probably split off into a couple of different parties and just be done as a major party, or um, they shoo Trump away. Trump might just get arrested before 2024, and he might just be in jail, or he might be under house arrest in Florida. And if you look at, uh, especially during the um, lockdowns, sort of the heroes coming out of the GOP are the more kind of anti-authoritarian people. Um, again, I still would much rather have whoever the Libertarian Party runs be uh, the next president and half the Senate and a bunch of the House and go from there. But, you know, I sit back and I watch the Do you the think that's going to happen, Mike? Sorry to interrupt. Mm, no, but um, here's the thing. Uh, depending on which direction they go, they can again be hurt by the Libertarian Party. I think we saw eight states where uh, Joe Jorgensen did beat uh, the margin of victory, where she did play spoiler, where if those went Trump yeah, way. Certainly. And, you know, they like I said before, it is something that should have, at least in the past, at least... At, maybe not even since Nixon be votes that should be going uh, Republican. And as long as they're going somewhere else, it's time for, or if, if it, it can wind up the other way, uh, you know, a lot of this might end up backfiring on the Democrats where they realize they have to come a little bit higher up on the Nolan scale and they have to start winning some of those votes back. Whatever you do, Either I can win an election or I can take away so many of your votes. You have to work harder to get those votes back next time around. Um, you know, I told you the story in uh, one of my campaigns. I just kept on putting up. I don't. I didn't put this here on purpose. It just happens to be sitting here. But I just kept on putting up all my signs that said uh, yeah. car insurance is too damn high. It's a great. Phrase. And I just started trolling both my. Uh, Republican and my Democrat opponents until both of them made it a platform plank. And now we do have car insurance reform and I didn't have to get a shitty government job. And yes, and I and I do appreciate I do think that you are acting as a third party, you know, spoiler candidate should act chip to keeping both of the other ones to account. Um, do you do you think that the. Um, do you think that it's actually a problem in in uh, in the United States that the rich are not are paying too many taxes? Uh, one of the statistics you could throw out is that twenty three percent of the tax revenue comes from the one percent. So if you just put it to uh, you know, there's a 
rest, a, a table at a restaurant. Yeah, but they are the one percent. They are earning like they are earning ninety nine point nine 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 percent of all earned income or whatever. You know, not that's not literal. I'm being uh, hyperbolic. Yeah. But yes, but they got the same garbage man. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and uh, they can get hit by a nuke just as as well as any of us. So, yeah, but they are also, uh, you know, uh, ad- advantaging themselves off of our laws and infrastructure and, ev- you know, everything far more than the 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 bum on the street or, you know, wh- or, or like the bus boy who's still playing paying FICA taxes or whatever at, uh, you know, a higher rate than he should be, really, I mean. Uh, but I mean, and and then we're looking at like Elon Musk and uh, Jeff Bezos, who, you know, basically hacked the economy to uh, an insane amount. I mean, like, don't you think we can take a few billion off of them? No, I don't think it helps the situation long run. We taxed every billionaire that lives in this uh, country at absolutely 100 percent of all of their wealth. You have enough uh, money to run the government for eight months at pre-COVID levels. You, you don't you you chase them all out; they're gone anyways. And Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk have provided more value to my life in the last year than uh, the bum. But uh, I do believe in equal protection under the law, so I do believe that uh, we should be getting rid of uh, you know the income tax for everybody well so did henry ford jr in in you know like in the 1950s but he was still paying 95 percent of you know or like not you know like 70 to 90 percent uh taxes over over uh, um i want to say 500 uh thousand or something like that like the 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 biggest um you know the most prosperous uh, point in our history, we had the highest tax rates. And that's seven people paid. Yeah, well, the, but they paid it, you know, like they, yeah, they also how much built it, infrastructure. But, we, you know, we also had um, a huge middle class that was picking up most of the bill. But, you know, I, I don't know if shoveling more money into the federal government is what actually causes that prosperity. Um well, you know, we got a highway pay. program. You want to get back to that, that era and get that yeah. tax? It's going to come with a whole lot of deregulation too. So, if that's the compromise you want, we'll go back to uh, the 1950s and seven guys will pay a high uh, tax that you know uh, they deserved it. But uh, you know, the- well, Mike, let's let's work out a treatise on that next time. <laughs> Thank you, Mike, very much for zooming in. You're fantastic as usual. And I'll talk to you. Here. Next week, we will have another guest. I told you a little bit about it. You, yes. you're, you're in, you I'm gonna keep in suspense on it, um, but I'm very excited uh, about this particularly. Like I said, uh, like and subscribe. We've got the buttons right below us. And uh, prepare yourself for more fantastic Spar Talk content. We will see you next time. <laughs>